What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, a lot on tap today. We have a lot to discuss. First order of business, I want to discuss the young left-hander who made his Major League debut yesterday after just being drafted in June. After just being drafted a few months ago in the 2020 draft, Garrett Crochet made his Major League debut for the White Sox yesterday against the Reds. And he's the first player since Mike Leake in 2009 to play in the major leagues without ever playing in the minor leagues. We all know that's extremely rare. Doesn't happen very often, but Garrett Crochet has done it. He's a lefty reliever throwing 101 miles an hour. So if there's ever any kind of player who you think would be able to skip the minor leagues, this is it. A... Pitcher who has high-octane stuff coming out of the bullpen is exactly the kind of player who you can fast-track from college straight to the minor leagues because their stuff is going to play up. Their stuff plays at the big league level. And that's what we're seeing with Garrett Crochet. That's what we saw last night. I mean, he was he was throwing 101, 101 and a half miles an hour. Uh, he was at the alternate training site, uh, and then he just had his contract purchased from there. And he was informed about getting into Friday night's game before the, you know, the, the opener even began because they played a doubleheader. And, yeah, Garrett Crochet threw six. He's 21 years old. Threw six pitches at 100 miles an hour or harder in the sixth inning. That's the second most by a White Sox pitcher in an outing since they started tracking it in 2008. No White Sox pitcher had reached 100 miles an hour this year before the 21-year-old kid came in and did just that. So, yeah, I mean, that's the definition of high-octane stuff. Congratulations to uh, Garrett Crochet. Um, pitching in the major leagues without ever playing in the minors. I mean, you spent a couple of months at the alternate training site, and, and now you're up in the bigs. That's that's pretty special. And um, But, yeah, I mean, the White Sox just clinched a postseason berth, so... I mean, they have the opportunity to take a look at this guy. They'll give him more looks as they get closer to October. Maybe he could be a postseason weapon for them. Who knows? I mean, 21 years old, he was just in college a few months ago. So obviously he's very young. But, I mean, there are there are many 21, not many, but there are 21-year-olds in the major leagues. I mean, guys drafted out of high school or signed international. So it's not as if he would be out of place. So, congrats to Garrett Crochet. And um, actually, they say that they view him as a starter in the long term. So, this is very similar to Chris Sale. Um, a lot of people compare him to Chris Sale. And um, Chris Sale also made the jump from the draft to the White Sox bullpen in just two months in 2010. Uh, you know, Sale just spent very little time in the minor leagues. But um, they now made Chris Sale a rotation piece in 2012, and then he was an all-star for seven straight seasons. They're hoping they can get similar results from Garrett Crochet. I mean, this dude only threw three and a third scoreless innings at Tennessee this year before their season was, you know, stopped by COVID. Um, so, yeah, this guy's arm is actually pretty fresh this year. Hasn't thrown that many innings in game action. And we could see that live on last night. Moving on to another game. Brian Anderson hit three home runs yesterday to fuel the Marlins' bats as the Marlins defeated 
the Nationals 14 to three in Game Two of a doubleheader. Brian Anderson is the first player to have a three homer game at Marlins Park. This park opened in 2012, and you know this performance helped the Marlins get a doubleheader split. They lost five to nothing in the opener, and then you know they, they come out with the bats, caught firing and win 14-3 to in the second game. I mean, three home runs is obviously an extremely impressive feat. Um, you know, we see it every now and then, but just realize that's that's a lot. That, that, that's that's rare. You know, three homers in a game. I mean, yeah, so Brian Anderson, he's definitely been an unsung performer at his position ever since he became an everyday player in 2018. I mean, he had a 3.4 Fangraphs war his rookie season, and then last year it was 3.1. I mean, he's... I mean, a three, three and a half war player, that's that's very good. And um, just doesn't get much praise because obviously he plays for the Marlins team that hasn't really been relevant. But, I mean, the Marlins are actually fighting to reach for the playoffs for the first time since 03. I mean, right now they do occupy a playoff spot. The Marlins have the fifth seed in the National League. So <laughs> we could see Miami in the playoffs if they can hold on here over the next, uh, like, less than 10 days now, over the next week and a half, I think. So that'll be interesting to see. Speaking of home runs, the Braves got six yesterday as Max Fried had a strong return to the mound. He got run support uh, from his lineup. They got a 15-2 win over the Mets last night at City Field. Six homers. That's that's just plenty, obviously. Ronald Acuna Jr., um, Ozzy Albies hit a couple. You had Marcelo Zuna. I mean, yeah, these guys these guys are firing all cylinders. Uh, Max Fried kept the Mets scoreless until the fifth, but he didn't really have his velocity. Um, his four seam was like 92, but you know his average over his first eight starts of the year was like 93 and a half. So. Obviously, coming off the injured list, maybe he has to build some some strength back. But he was fine. I mean, on on the night overall. I mean, Braves are gonna need him for sure in the rotation. So keeping him healthy is gonna be key as they head into October. But five innings with one earned run, three punchouts for Max Freed. He gets the win yesterday, and um, yeah. Um, so I, I mentioned those homers. I forgot to mention Austin Riley and Travis Darno also homered yesterday. And with that being said, I just realized that I, I think I benched Travis Darno on my fantasy team, and that's that's a bummer because he homered. So, yeah. Um, if we move on, if we move on, let's go to Philadelphia, where Bryce Harper is helping the Phillies just keep marching towards October. So they have the seventh seed in the NL East right now. And, um, yeah, the Phillies got an 8-7 victory over the Blue Jays in Game 2 as they swept the doubleheader yesterday. And, you know, they just keep marching. Harper went 3-for-3 three three with two doubles, two RBIs, and one walk in Game 2. Across both games, he was 4-for-6 with two doubles, a home run, four ribbies, and two walks. And this was the Phillies' first doubleheader sweep since September 2012. And they remain in contention. Like I said, they have the seventh seed in the National League. Bryce Harper seems to be coming out of a little bit of a slump. I mean, after a three-week slump, he's now hitting 
343 with five doubles, four homers, seven ribbies, and a 1281 OPS over his last 10 games. I mean, Bryce Harper's been fine this year. His numbers haven't been great, haven't been good, really. But that's only because they've paid, played such few games. If you look at all his exit velos, all his expected stats, expected slugging, expected batting average, um, launch angle, uh, exit velo, all that stuff is actually better. He's He's uh, delivering better numbers than his career average. His metrics are better than his career average. He's just been a little unlucky because of a small sample size. If you have a 162-game season, all those things even out, but you don't have that luxury this year. So people think that he's, he's, he's performing poorly because you know they haven't seen the results in such a small sample size, but he's doing just fine. If you had more games, it would be, it would be apparent that he's just fine. Let's head out to Anaheim where Mr. Albert Pujols hit two home runs and passed Willie Mays on the all-time list. You know, he had been tied with Willie Mays at 660, but now he passes him and now he's all alone at number five on the all-time list. He had two home runs yesterday, 661 and 662. Um, yeah, so this time he didn't have to wait too long. Between 659 and 660, it took him 22 days. But now, you know, to hit his next home run, just five days later, that's what he did. Just five days later, now he's fifth all time. He's all alone fifth all time on the on the home run leaderboard. That's that's saying a lot. The only guys ahead of him are Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, and A Rod. So that's huge. That's huge. Willie Mays is definitely in the you know, goat conversation, and now Albert Pujols. I mean, not just now. He's he's also in that conversation as well. But congrats to Albert Pujols, huge milestone, and um, all alone on the all-time list at number five. But, yeah, the Angels, the Angels get a victory over the Rangers. You know, the Rangers are, are really scuffling this year. I haven't talked much about them, I mean, because, I mean, yeah, what what is there to talk about? They have the worst record in the American League. Um, we're even worse than my Red Sox, but um, that's neither here nor there. The Angels got a 6-2 victory over over Texas. Yeah, Jaime Barria, six and a third innings for Anaheim with two earned runs, eight punch outs. He looked really good on the mound out there. The A's clinched the postseason for the third straight year. Oakland A's, 6 to nothing victory over the Giants at the Oakland Coliseum. And um, that's the third consecutive season. This is their sixth postseason berth in the last nine years. Only the Dodgers, who have eight, have reached the playoffs more times in that span. It's crazy. So you think, when you think of it, the A's have been making the playoffs six out of the last nine years, the second most in baseball, yet they haven't really done anything when they got there. It's kind of what I was talking about yesterday. They don't have have the ceiling, you know, the, the talent the talent ceiling to be able to succeed at the highest level in the playoffs. They're a great regular season team, but once you get to the playoffs, it's all about you know the straight up talent over the course of a seven game series. You're going to be mashed up against some big dogs, you know, some really good teams. It's hard to overcome that with a, with the money ball kind of team. I mean, when was the last you know small market team to win the World Series? You're talking about like Kansas City in 2015. So it doesn't really happen too often. But, you know, A's are doing their best to to break that trend. I guess that's what we can say. But Chris Bassett was was phenomenal on the mound yesterday, six and two thirds scoreless innings. And um, you know, setting the tone. 
Uh, you know, obviously this game would be a shutout. They win six to nothing, get a home run from Matt Olson, three-run Jack, and they defeat the Giants. Speaking of the Giants, SF is even at 500. They have the exact same record as Cincinnati, so they are just on the outside of the playoff picture. Cincinnati has the eighth seed. San Francisco has, you know, the ninth right now. So um, they're definitely still in the hunt. They're definitely still in the hunt, and and they're just behind Philly as well. And St. Louis, actually, wow, now I'm looking at it. uh, St. Louis also has a 500 record, but they are in the sixth seed. So you can see this thing can swing it in many different ways. I mean, going all the way up to the fifth seed with Miami, they have a 26 to 24 record. So just a couple of games separate, you know, the ninth seed and the fifth seed in the National League. So that's going to be a race all the way down to the wire for sure. For sure. The Yankees defeated the Red Sox yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what they've been doing this year a lot. This one was actually a pretty close game at Fenway Park. It was a 6-5 to five Yankees win in a game that took almost five hours. But it was a 12th inning game. And DJ LeMayu at last put the Yankees ahead for good with an RBI double down the line in right. And the Yankees win this game 6-5. to five. Yankees have been winning a lot lately. You know, Gary Sanchez homer yesterday to tie the game, uh, things like that. Uh, but yeah, Yankees have been winning a lot lately. The they're actually eleven and zero against the Red Sox in September seven of last year, which includes eight games this season. The first seven of which were played at Yankee Stadium. But this is the first time Boston has lost eleven in a row to New York since nineteen fifty two to nineteen fifty three. So, yeah, um, just eight games left for the Red Sox this season before they put some end to my misery. But that's where we stand. The Cincinnati Reds hit four home runs yesterday to win their sixth straight and reach 500. I was just talking about them reaching 500. Nick Castellanos, uh, Joey Votto, Tucker Barnhart, and Jesse Winker all went deep. You know, I, I talked at the, at the beginning about, you know, how they, how they um, faced – Garrett Crochet from the White Sox. But, you know, on the other side of that story was that Cincinnati uh, got a 7-1 to victory, you know, in, in that in that series opener against the White Sox. And, um, yeah, they're clicking on all cylinders right now, finally at 500. You know, they had been in, in possession of a playoff spot below 500, but now they're at 500. I guess that feels a lot better uh, just to say that, you have, oh, they don't have a winning record yet, but if they get it, then they can at least feel more legit that, okay, we made it to the playoffs with a winning record. So, Zach Plezak threw an immaculate inning yesterday. In the second inning yesterday, he he struck out Jorge Bonifacio, Nico Goodrum, and Austin Romine in nine pitches. That's the Indians' first immaculate inning since Carlos Carrasco did it in 2017. Um, that's, I mean, those are always pretty cool. Um, the first seven of Plezak's nine strikes came on swings. And then you had Bonifacio fouling off back-to-back fastballs before swinging through an 88-mile-an-hour slider. Um, I mean, then the last two pitches were called strikes, two sliders on the outside corner to Austin Romine. But Zach Plezak struck out 11 yesterday. Um, I mean, that bieber Plesak one-two punch is, is pretty nasty for, for Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland just churns out pitchers. Every, we, we've been talking about that all season long. But Plesak and the in- Indians just shut out the Tigers yesterday. 
um, filthy stuff. They win the game one to nothing. Just a pitcher's a pitcher's duel. And the Zach, Zach Plezak got the got the win yesterday because he was the better pitcher. Seven and two thirds shutouts with shutout innings with eleven punchouts. The Tigers did more of a staff day. Uh, Michael Fulmer started, went three innings, then the bullpen picked it up from there. They only gave up one run, but wasn't better than what Plezak was able to do. So they got a one nothing victory over Detroit. So that is going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.